This is Masters in Travel, a rendezvous with the intersection of travel and business to accelerate your success. I'm your host, Whitney Schindler, owner of Undiscovered Sunsets. Each week, we have one goal in mind, to provide advice, insights, and resources to help you maximize your potential. Get ready to become a master in travel. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Masters in Travel. I'm your host, Whitney, and today we'll be talking about lessons learned since we started our travel businesses, and more specifically, what one key change each of us would make if we could go back to year one and start fresh. For today's conversation, I'm joined by Angela Pearson, co-owner and travel advisor at Wallace Pearson Travel. Angela, thank you so much for being here. Whitney, thank you very much for the opportunity. And I'm also joined by Kristen Hogim, owner and travel advisor at JK Journeys. Kristen, welcome. Thank you, Whitney. It's great to be here. Before diving into all the things we might do differently, Angela, can you share with us about your experience in the travel industry prior to becoming a travel advisor? Yes, thanks, Whitney. I enjoyed a couple of years as a sales manager for the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. How long were you working at Ritz-Carlton on the sales team? I actually stayed for two years and then decided that was enough corporate for me. (laughs) (laughs) And same for you, Kristen. Can you share with us a bit about your experience in the industry prior to starting JK Journeys? Yes, prior to being a travel advisor, I worked for um, a large like corporate and incentive management company. So I was a program manager, kind of putting the trips together for corporations as they traveled with their employees. And prior to that, I was a travel director. So when I first started in the industry, I was on site, kind of helping to see how trips unfold firsthand. Interesting. To throw in a little bit of my experience, I was also working on the operations team in a big five-star hotel in China, and our business was 60 to 70% corporate business as well. So it's really interesting that all of us have a corporate background and then jumped over to the travel advisor and the leisure side of things. So when starting a business, it's almost certain that we all had a lot of ideas as to the type of business that we wanted to build and just how we wanted to go about it. One of the most empowering elements of entrepreneurship is the opportunity to make all of these decisions for ourselves. On the flip side, the necessity to make so many decisions when you're just getting started can also become quite overwhelming. I remember times in the first couple years of starting my business when I didn't feel empowered and I didn't feel overwhelmed. I simply felt uncertain. I knew I had options. I was surrounded by advisors with different business models that I could learn from. And I asked a lot of questions, but in many cases, I still found myself making the best decision I could at the time with the information that I had and simply hoping for the best. So as we all know, hindsight is 2020. So today I have a really big question for both of you. If you could go back to year one, what is one key change you would make to how you started your business? Kristen, I'm going to throw this over to you first. One key thing that I would make in looking back is being set up with smooth processes and systems. I knew I knew I was saving the traveler a lot of time, but I wasn't working as efficiently as I could have been. And I noticed myself recreating the wheel a few times. So not knowing how to transition, you know, the client from the client call to collecting payments to creating itineraries and then managing all the trip details in the trip process. So having the smooth system set up on the front end would allow me to grow my business and be more efficient in the process. Amazing. Angela, tell us a little bit about what you would do differently if you made one key change to how you started your business. Thank you, Whitney. I think the biggest change that we would make is starting off involved in a consortium. I think all of the training and classes and and networking opportunities that are part of something like a virtuoso experience really skyrocket a career within the first year instead of taking two to three years to get going. Okay, so we're going to dive into both of these topics, but we're going to kind of take it 
it one at a time because I, I feel like Kristen training and professional development has been just as important for you. And I'm sure that systems and efficiency and processes has also been important at the agency for you as well, Angela. So we're going to dive into both of these one at a time. So Kristen, tell me more about the efficiency and the systems and the processes that you know now. What did you do at the beginning that now that you've learned how to do it a little bit better? Can you kind of walk us through the learning process over the last few years? So the learning process was very, I just felt like I was trying to do a lot myself on my own shoulders without leveraging the resources that are out there for me. And that was mainly just a lack of knowledge and understanding of what is all available for travel advisors and what can I use to make my business more efficient. So I, I just think over, you know, the last couple of years, I've just slowly started implementing more things to really streamline it. So I guess if you break it down, you can look at itineraries, itinerary management, rather than trying to create that in, I mean, simple things like Word document is honestly how I did my first itinerary, you know, and it's, I didn't know any different. And that's what I did. Me too. <laughs> so there we go. And then you hear about these resources that are out there like Travify and Access. And so now I use, I use those types of tools and it just makes it so much smoother to create the itinerary. It makes it so much better to make changes. It helps the traveler because there's a technology piece that they weren't necessarily using before, but clients love that having, you know, that technology and even the capability to message directly when they're on their trip or before and after. So from the itinerary management perspective, that is a huge time saver, but also it adds value to from, to the client's end. So I think that's an example of something that can really, it elevates both parties. Everybody wins. So that's one example is itinerary management. Another is just, you know, managing all the trips that are in the works. There's kind of a client management, but also just the trip management. So you have, you know, your new inquiries, you have people that are in the process that have a proposal, you have book trips, you have people that just got back, but keeping track of all those details, you know, starting out I had notebooks and post-its and all the different things and different places. And now it's like, okay, I use like a travel boy or something similar to make sure everything's collected. And I think initially, sometimes you wonder, is it worth putting up an investment when maybe you don't have the clients to, you know, support maybe those tools? And I would say it absolutely is because it gets you grounded. It gets you a foundation that you can build upon and then you're more confident with growing your business. So that's what really helped me. I have the biggest smile on my face because I feel like you just told my story. <laughs> I I could I could say all of those exact same things verbatim. Travify and Traveljoy are two systems that were implemented into my business way too late. So I'm curious to know when did you discover each of these two systems that are so life changing? About a year in. <laughs> yeah, about a year in is where I started. I mean, I could kind of heard, I think I kind of heard about itinerary management, but I wasn't, it was kind of like, should I actually pay the monthly fee for it? Is it going to be worth it? You know? But yeah, once I did, I haven't looked back because it, it just makes things better and makes the business go better. So you were even ahead of me. I think I was two years in. I think I knew about Travify, but I had seen it on other advisors, you know, looking over their shoulder on their computer, seeing their itineraries. And I had a very, very beautiful beautiful pages document that I was providing for clients and I didn't want to give it up. And then when I really realized the efficiency, I've never looked back. So I'm still kicking myself for how long I waited to sign up. So if you were to advise a newer advisor that has not yet discovered the wonders of these two systems, would you recommend that they sign up?
sign up from the very beginning to get started in both of these or systems like this, a, a CRM to track all the client travel details in an itinerary design software? I mean, I think at the very least to have just to look into it, to understand what to do the free trial, to try it out and see if it's comfortable for them, if they feel like it's going to work. Because every bus- everybody manages their business a little bit differently and the different types of trips they do. Some are more custom trips, some are more, you know, quick turn. So I think it really depends on the type of business. But I would say absolutely as a new advisor, just to get into that space and look at it and see if it's a good fit. And then if you do think that it could be, it's worth starting out with it because I think it can really help save some frustration and a lot of... Mm-hmm. And it's it's a small enough investment on a monthly basis. Would you agree that it's better to st- start those types of things earlier rather than waiting until you have the income that you feel that you can support it? It's worth that being one of those first investments that you make? I think so. I mean, if you think about the travel advisor, just role in general, like I remind myself of that. I don't have to pay overhead. I don't have to pay for actual supplies and things in a warehouse. Like, so travel advisor, we, we do run fairly lean, I think in general. So I justify those costs and say that it is worth it. Angela, talk to me about your systems and processes um, because you are working in an agency. And so while I'm sure you're working with your own uh, set of clients, there's also components of your business that are coming from the agency side as well. Would you, is that how it's working for you? That's right. And we really kind of coming up with systems and such realized once uh, advisors kind of reach that 100000 in commissions paid per year, it makes every difference in the world to hire some support for them. So we have coordinators for the advisors um, and everybody kind of having their list. We have um, electronic client sheets so that if I do something, I initial it in the date. If you know one of the coordinators does it, they can go in and we always have an idea of who's done what pieces of a trip so we know none of the, none of the important things are falling through the cracks, all the little details that we like to stay consistent with. We make sure that those, those kinds of things are always documented and kept up with. We love using Axis um, not only for already planned trips, but also for our proposals. It keeps mm-hmm. things consistent again, and it also looks so much more professional and, you know, the, the details are the same. The client knows what to look for and that kind of thing. And I think toward the beginning when I got started, I'm a kind of a systems and organization person just in general. But I will admit that at the very beginning, I didn't know what needed to be organized. I didn't know what my system needed to look like. So I think it's also important to recognize that these systems are available and they're good to have from the very beginning. But we by no means expect that a newer advisor would have everything set from month number one and then it would never change. My systems are evolving and being updated on a monthly or quarterly basis just with little tweaks and updates, right? Absolutely. And I think, again, just kind of wrapping both of these um, subjects together, I think that's one of the ways that the whole networking, um, we're part of a benchmarking team and being able to, as a smaller agency, ask other people what's worked well for them. Have you tested out this? You know, how are you getting more attachment for insurance policies? Like, where are your successes and how can I help you with my successes? And again, not having to start from scratch and build it all on your own, just, you know, borrow from some of the best and build on it. Yep, absolutely. I've even shared my Travify itineraries just by sending a link to other advisors and we kind of swap just because Travify or Access or UMAP, these types of softwares, they're kind of a blank slate when you get started. And so what each, even if all three of us are using these one of these systems, how each of us utilizes the system and what details we put in and how we organize the information could still be super, super different. So I've even gone one step further and said like, hey, here's a couple of my itineraries. Send me a couple of yours. And we've even been able to learn from each other of like, oh, that's a genius idea. I never thought about putting that detail in there, you know, something like this. So that's also been really helpful. 
Okay, so let's jump over to Angela getting started with a consortia. And I, you mentioned specifically about the professional development and the training that is available when getting involved in a consortia. So as part of an agency, I would say a consortia, but wouldn't you also agree that if you're an independent contractor, you could also gather, it, it might be for, through the host agency that that research might need to get started. But at the end of the day, it's the training and the professional development and the support that you're feeling is really, really important from square one? That's right. Um, Our agency is basically all employees, so I'm not as well versed on the IC model, but I do believe that it's fairly easy for the independent contractors through their host agency to have access, even if they aren't necessarily attending all of these things in person. I know Virtuoso has these things recorded, and as long as you pay whatever needs to your host agency, you have access to these things as recordings. And there are just, again, a lot of best practices, a lot of, I guess, one of the things Terry used to say is that it's easier to edit and to create. And so being able to just use some of the things that are already out there and then tweak it and make it your own, I think there's just cuts down on a lot of wasted time and energy that you can focus on more time chatting with clients and prospects and that kind of thing. So yeah, I think as I see as well, you should probably fairly easily through your host agency be able to gain access to those opportunities. When I was interviewing host agencies and deciding who I wanted to work with when I was first getting started, this was one of my big questions. So I think that in looking for training and professional development and support, it's going to likely come through your host agency in addition to your consortia. And there were some host agencies that were very upfront with me saying, we don't have the bandwidth to support you know, ad hoc individual questions as you're getting started. You're really kind of on your own unless you want to be a sub agent and work under in sort of a mentor-mentee type of relationship. So I think there are really a lot of options to everyone getting involved and it's just really important to know yourself and to know if you're really independent and resourceful and if you're going to go at this all by yourself or if you know that you're the type of person who needs more support and who needs a little bit more guidance from the beginning. These are some really big questions to ask up front. So you shared with me in our conversation earlier that there was a time in which your agency was not yet involved in a consortia and then they signed on with a consortia later into the business. How did this affect your business before? Like, can you kind of give me a before and after kind of picture of what the agency looked like? And then when you signed on to a consortia or a host agency that's providing this support and this training, how it positively affected the agency? Absolutely. Um, I think prior to joining Virtuoso, you know, obviously that, that was, there were, there was more money to be made with air. There were, you know, people made a lot more money with the larger cruise lines and some of the big hotel chains and that kind of thing. You know, kind of, as the industry has evolved, I think we find more value and can offer more value by learning about these smaller companies that don't have the huge marketing. You don't, they aren't mailing something to someone's door every single week. They aren't in all of the you know, TV and prints and all that kind of stuff. Being able to have relationships, personal relationships with GMs at these unique properties or smaller cruise lines and that kind of thing. I think that's one of the things that's really set us apart from a lot of other agencies out there is is the relationships that we get to form. Mm -hmm. Kristen, what's your experience with training and professional development and certifications? Is this something that you looked for when you were getting started? Is this something that you've had access to since the beginning or did it come later? What's been your experience in this regard? So when I first started, I had looked into several different host
post agencies. I knew I wanted to have some type of a mentorship as I was just getting started. So I looked at kind of ones like you mentioned, very big, where you don't really have one-on-one. And then I also looked into more like smaller agencies. So the, my very first host agency that I partnered with was a small agency. They had about eight full-time employees and then just a couple independent contractors. So that's what I did was an independent contractor, but I would have weekly calls. So it was kind of a mentorship where I could talk with, you know, the president of the company and kind of go through the different trips that I had in the works and hear feedback and guidance as I was going through that. So that worked well for me. I felt like that was a good way to at least have somebody there that had a lot of experience. Her mom had started the company many years back. So I just, I felt comfortable in that space. And then I actually, after doing that for a while, I jumped into starting our own agency. So our own IATA number kind of ran with that. And then I realized in all of that, that was, there's just so much more involved when you have all of the different kind of paperwork and things. And that was, I realized that might be a little too much too fast for what, you know, it was, it was fun, but it was also like, I have two small kids and I do this full time, but I don't do it around the clock. So now, you know, most recently kind of switching more to a host agency that is not hands-on, but it still allows me to have a consortia like Signature Travel Network is mine currently. So a lot of those relationships are still there, which is great, but I feel like it's a little more hands-off. So that's how that's been my uh, trajectory, which has worked for me. So I'm curious, since you've had experience both as an IC with a smaller agency in which you had that one-on-one kind of mentor to call into on a weekly basis, then moving to try to start your own IATA and now back with a host agency, where did you feel that you had the most support? Where did you feel that you were really mostly kind of on your own in terms of training and professional development? What are some of the pros and cons and the training and professional development and support with those experiences? Looking back, I'm glad that I started initially with the smaller host agency because for me, the one-on-one support was the most beneficial out of all three scenarios. Like having someone that I can directly call, text, email when, you know, and, and have professional feedback and, you know, showing me exactly how to walk through scenarios when I'm in a tough situation or I haven't dealt with it before. And there's these destinations that I've never planned trips to, things like that. That was the most beneficial situation to be in for sure is having being part of a small host agency that I could have. And I also was able to connect with the advisors in that, in that arena too. So, you know, we, I, even though I was an independent contractor, I still felt like I was part of the team, which was great. So I think that was the best as far as training and development. And then I would say doing it, starting my own, I add a number and doing all of that. I would say that's the most hands off, you know, there's not really anybody there. You're just kind of, honestly, it's going to industry events like where, where we met and you're, you're just connecting with other people and seeing what other people have found to be helpful for them. So I would say it's kind of, I kind of jumped into that quickly, but I'm glad I did because it really allowed me to see and experience what that situation is like and, and how I would manage that. And I think it would be great if like for growing a team and really building all that. But I just found it for my place in life at this time, it's, I just wanted to stay in the advisor role, very one-on-one with clients, still very personalized. And that's what's best for me now. I think maybe down the road, I could see maybe going back to that. But as far as training and development, I think when you start your own IATA, you are kind of building connections within the industry and finding other people that can help give you advice. Yeah. Absolutely. Angela, how does it work in in your agency? Are you actively bringing on new advisors on a regular basis or do you have a pretty solid team that you've been working with for many years? I'm lucky to say a little bit of both, actually. We have one advisor that's been working here for about 35 years now and um, we have one that we just hired. We grow slowly and organically. We aren't just out advertising or, you know, working with headhunters or any of that kind of thing. So we've kind kind of had the best of both. So the training that you've received 
change by becoming a virtuoso member is is really helpful. But are you also setting up any sort of mentorship or training in-house in the agency when a new advisor joins your team? How does that look like on your side? It's varied a little bit. We've had some that jump right into the advisor role and as they train, kind of shadow one of the senior advisors and then do the VCTA and that type of thing. Otherwise, if they're kind of newer to the industry, don't necessarily have their own book of business yet and need to really learn the different product and um, how we work, then they usually start off in the coordinator position so they can learn everything without worrying about commissions coming in because we do a commission split. So the coordinators get a portion of the advisor's commission. We find that that works really well to grow confidence levels and that kind of thing. And then being the agency owners, we also obviously do a lot on the marketing side of things. We bring in suppliers a lot for agency trainings. And then we do a lot of client events. So we also feed the advisors that are employees. We feed them the clients versus them having to go out and create the list on their own. I think it's really important to note like all these very different styles of doing business and all of the different opportunities that are out there to be a travel advisor. It's not, we're not all one in the same. Kristen, I'm interested to know if in your first IC experience, when you did have that mentorship relationship in which you were having someone, having a call with someone each week, which is just fantastic. Is that something that you fell into not knowing how amazing it was until you got started? Or were you specifically looking for that? And when you were interviewing with different host agencies, you were asking if that was available. How aware were you of the importance of that when you were getting started? I honestly wasn't that aware. Once I was in that situation, I really enjoyed it and appreciated it, but I wasn't necessarily looking for it. What I was most looking for was a company that honestly planned similar trips that I was looking to plan, had clients that I was looking to have clients. Like I wanted to match the type of business I did with the business that they were doing. So like I knew I wanted, okay, if I know I'm going to be planning trips more like focused on like Europe and South Africa or different destinations and the types of clientele, like that's what I was leaning toward, you know? So okay. that, that I, I was looking to more match my business with destination so I could create partnerships and relationships with people in those places and connect with other advisors that had planned trips to those places. That's really interesting because one of the key changes that I would make in my business is having more of a focused effort in regards to who I wanted to work with and which destinations I wanted to work with from the very beginning. I kind of jumped in just thinking, tell me what you want. I'll go figure it out. And that was really, really hard from the beginning. So talk to me a little bit more about you. It sounds like you had a very or a pretty good idea, the types of trips you wanted to plan and the types of clients you wanted to work with from the beginning. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you were looking for? So initially, when I first started the business, it was because I had had people reaching out for advice on destinations that they were hoping to go to. And I knew that I'd always wanted to have a travel business, but that was really the pusher of like, okay, not only am I providing some feedback here, but I can help you plan the trip. I can take this off your shoulders and plan it. And so once I had made that decision, okay, there's people out there, they're asking for assistance, they could use the help. I knew that the value was there. So that's kind of what I was looking for. And then once it was like the first couple of trips of Blend Plan and they were Europe and I enjoyed that, then it was like, okay, what other destinations? And for me, and just in my experience personally, and like what I found to be very life enriching is traveling with, you know, your spouse or your family or small groups, things like that is I just love, I'm drawn to kind of those bucket list type experiences and those types of trips. So I knew that I wanted to work with or, you know, be part of a travel agency that also specialized in that. So at first I was doing more custom type trips, not necessarily the big cruises and things like that. Although I have done some of that along the way, but having that focus, I think helped partner me with an appropriate agency. 
Angela, how do you structure with all the advisors in your agency? Does everyone kind of have a specialization that if a repeat client comes and says they want a particular destination that maybe another advisor in the agency has more personal experience with than you do? Do you share that itinerary design experience or do you all kind of do a little bit of everything in the agency? How specialized are you? Well, it's kind of an evolving thing. We originally were all things to all people. We really then focused in on the luxury segment. Each of us kind of had a different passion. So I tend to be towards the adventure travel, the extended travel planning since we traveled for a year with our kids and family travel since we have kids. And then we have one that's specifically really into luxury cruises, one that's really into the FITs and that kind of thing. But what we really specialize in in our agency is the relationship with our client. So we don't necessarily, the clients move from advisor to advisor based on the type of trip that they're working on because we know so much about each other and have such personal relationships that the beauty of it is since we are a fairly small family, if I don't know what I need to know about a specific destination and she's, you know, Lenan's our France specialist, I just go to her office or call her in while the client's there or we really brainstorm and collaborate a lot as a team. But then I'm the specialist in my client. Yeah, I really love that because I, I do think that it's really important to have someone who really knows that client really well. And there's a lot of nuances and there's a lot of small details that are hard to relay if you're just telling another person, hey, Mr. So-and-so wants this, this, and this. It's it's about so much more. It's about how they like to work with you from start to finish, all the small details they like along the way. So I love that you guys are specialists in your clients. It's a really very personalized approach. So I think whether you're working in an agency where you have colleagues nearby who all have a different passion in terms of the type of travel or different destinations, or whether you have a mentorship relationship, you know, in that someone you can call each week, what has helped me tremendously as well is I I don't have a weekly call and I'm not working in an agency, but I do have travel advisor colleagues who all have their own little specialties that the moment I get a certain inquiry that's a little bit out of my comfort zone, I can call them in and they do the same for me when they know it's a destination that I know really well. So really, I think from the beginning, if there's anything that can be taken from this, it's building your support network, no matter how that looks, that is probably one of the most important things you can have from the beginning. So whether that's built into the agency you decide to work for or your host agency or your consortia, or whether that's something that you slowly build on your own along the way, a support network is absolutely needed, even if you're an IC running your own business with your own business name. Amazing. So I'm interested. I asked you what one key change would be that you would make to how you started your business. I'm wondering if in thinking about this topic, if anything came to mind, that you feel like you did really well from the beginning and that you would do all over again if you were to start over. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm interested just to know if anything crossed your mind kind of in thinking about today's topic. I think for me, it's just starting out and what I did well and I feel like what continues to bring clients and we're very much referral based. And I think it's just like what guys were talking about is putting the client first and getting to know them and their travel style and what's important to them and listening to all the little details that they want. So when they have their trip itinerary, they feel like it's really designed well. They have, you know, the support that's needed when they're on the trip, all of those things. I feel like client management, just putting the client first, taking care of them all along the way and building referrals from that. That's what I feel like I've done somewhat well because that's been the kind of the backbone of our business is referrals and clients knowing that they can use us again and again for their trips. Even if we have a lot to learn from day one, (laughs) really always putting that client first and making sure that they feel like they're your only client will ensure that 
you know, they know you will advocate for them, you have their back and that will keep them coming back. And I'm sure that many of your repeat clients have seen the improvements that you've made over the years to the new systems that you're using and your new processes. So I'm sure that they're feeling those positive changes as well. Yeah. Angela, does anything come to mind? Anything that you guys really did well from the beginning? And if you started all over next week that you would 100% do that again? Absolutely. For us, it's all about relationships, Um, not only with our clients, but even if there's some of the companies that we work with on a regular basis, some of the larger ones, we make sure that we all work with the same res agent and we find out when their birthday is and we send them some fudge from Fantastic Fudge and Fernandina and we send them Christmas fudge and we send them, you know, little notes and of encouragement and that type of thing. We even do the personal travel for four or five of our sales reps. And so I think absolutely what what our whole team does really, really well is relationships. That's amazing. And Angela, even when we met the first time and now in this conversation, I'm always learning from you. I think more than anything, we are in a people business and the relationships that we intend to build with our clients is really important. Just like you said, it's just as important to build those relationships with supplier partners and also with each other because you two have been tremendous advisors that I've met just along the way at different events and we're still in touch. And there are so many advisors that I know or just an email or a phone call away, if I have to say, hey, I saw you were just here. I saw you just work with this person. I saw you just went to this event. What did you learn? Can you help me out? And I've never had a negative reaction to that. Everyone is always here to help each other out. And at the end of the day, I love that all of our focus is so much on relationships. It's amazing. This was such a great discussion on key strategies that each of us have identified to help progress your businesses forward. To our listeners, whether you're just getting started or whether you have a well-established business and are always looking for ways to continue improving, I hope today's discussion has provided insights and strategies to consider for your own business. Angela and Kristen, thank you again for your willingness and for your enthusiasm to be a part of the conversation. Thank you for your inspiration and your drive. I'm very proud of you. Yes, thank you so much, Whitney. Hey everyone, Whitney here. Before you go, I have some more insights on what we might do differently if we went back to year one to start all over, knowing what we know now. When recording episode one with Beth of Bastion World Travel, we unexpectedly got onto this topic as well. So I've taken that portion of our conversation and included it here so that we have all of these insights together in one place. We're gonna jump right into that conversation with Beth now. Here we go. Amazing. So I want to throw in one more example of my least successful trips. This has been a very, very recent revelation for myself. Um, I would say even this year, I really came to realize that in my first few years of business, when I look back and it's like, oh, that, that process really didn't go as smoothly as I wanted it to. Maybe the trip went through and the trip was 100% okay, but I felt like, ah, oh, there's, there's really room for improvement. There's even one scenario where I didn't close the sale because I just, I didn't approach it the right way and it wasn't a good fit for anyone involved. And the few things that these trips have in common are when I was brand new as a brand new advisor, I was trying to plan trips to destinations that I'd never been with a brand new client who I didn't yet know very well. And I hadn't yet established all of these wonderful questions to ask. And I hadn't yet learned to listen more than to talk. And I was working with a new supplier partner and I was so new that I hadn't yet worked with that supplier partner Mm -hmm. yet. So with all of these elements of just new destination, new partner, 
new client. There are a few scenarios in my first couple years of business that didn't go well because everything was too mm-hmm. new. And there was just, it was just too steep of a learning mm-hmm. curve. When I mm-hmm. look back, I think, oh, you know, if I had just known that destination or if I had just known that client a little bit better. And when I think about the successful trips in the, my first couple years of business, two of the most successful trips were to China, which is where I lived for six mm-hmm. years. And they were successful because I didn't know the client, but I was able to get to know them. And it was my first first time working with my preferred supplier partner on the ground in China, but I got to know them very easily and very quickly because I had been there. So I I knew all these amazing questions to ask because I lived there. I speak the language. I visited all these places that we were going to send our clients. And it's just incredible to realize that there's only one puzzle piece in those two situations that are different. When I look at my first two years, I think of the most challenging trips and I think of the most successful trip designs. And there's only one puzzle piece. And it was that I knew the destination or I knew the supplier partner or I knew the client. And as soon as all of those were unknowns, it was, it was a struggle. It was such a big challenge for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm so glad you bring that up when you talk about the news, the new suppliers on the ground, the new destinations, the new clients. I mean, it doesn't matter how brilliant you are, how much business experience you have. When you make a shift, as you and I did five years ago, to this industry, those are challenges. And I, I honestly, like, even if I was to talk to year one self, I wouldn't change anything because those are lessons learned that we had to go through, right? We had to go through those exactly. experiences to to understand exactly where you're, to come full circle, what you're talking about now, to look at what made the most successful trip designs. And I agree with you 100%. If I know the destination, if I've been there, it's just, you know, I mean, I don't think clients necessarily believe that we've been to every single destination around the globe. <laughs> We have a lot of great resources, but when you have personal experience in a destination, it definitely leads to a successful itinerary. And on the flip side, for those trips that were so successful because I had been to the destination, in both uh, China and Indonesia were two of my, to this day, my favorite trip designs. And they both occurred within my first two years of business. And I had been to both destinations. Both of those itineraries were also very, very unique. They were not the typical fly into China, start in Beijing go to Shanghai, fly down to Guilin and depart out of Hong Kong. Or, you know, in Indonesia, it wasn't just a seven night stay in Bali. Both itineraries that I designed in those two destinations were super, super unique and very much catered to the clients that I was working with. And I was able to do that because I knew the destination so Mm -hmm. well. And so I was able to have conversations of, okay, here's the most typical 10-day itinerary for a first-time visitor to China. Here are some other ideas of other regions and other places to visit that I really love. What interests you Mm -hmm. most? And they ended up including Beijing because you have to. And then they included all of these other super unique places that most people never visit if they don't spend more than 10 days in China. And And their entire trip was comprised of those because I was able to offer those as options. And I was only comfortable to offer those as options because I had been to Places. Right. And, you know, and it, and it all boils down, like the more I listen to you and, you know, we're talking about this, when I think about successful trip designs, it also boils down to that communication. I think that you and I are very detail oriented to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks.
contracts. And so it works well when we have a client who also values communication. You know, they're open to express details of what you're they're looking for, open to ask questions about the scope of our services. So that gets clear very early on in the process. And they're timely. They're timely in their responses. So it allows the process to move along and move forward. So it's not a circumstance where they're leaving in two weeks and we've got a lot still left to do. So, you know, because I know you can work miracles. You know, we have these amazing partners across the globe that we, it's, I mean, it's really remarkable. I mean, you can call them and they get back to you in a couple hours, but you just don't want that kind of high pressure situation. So communication is the overall component as well as destination knowledge that I think is just so important for, for that success and to lead to a second time of working with that first time client. Yes, absolutely. And ultimately that's the most important, right? All of these things that we're trying to, that we're looking back and we're thinking, this is what's improved over the last five years. Ultimately, our goal is that that first experience goes so well that they come back to us and that they refer business to us, right? So to wrap this up a little bit, you already mentioned that if you went back to your year one self, that you really wouldn't do anything different and that these are all just things that you learned along the way. And that's how it's going to be no matter what business you're in. There's always going to be opportunities to learn. If you wouldn't go back to your year oneself and change anything. Is there any advice, one small piece of advice that you might give to brand new advisors who are in their first two or three years of business and just, you know, I wish I would have done this a little bit sooner, or maybe you can implement this in your business and it will help you accelerate a little bit faster. So one of the things I think that makes us be the superstars globally are the partners on the ground. And I know when you and I first started, we were so focused on finding trustworthy touring partners across the globe. And that was really a challenge because yes, we're part of a consortium and there's lists all over the place that you can reference, but how do you really know? And how do you really know that they're providing services that meet with your criteria for your brand? And so looking back, I think I would have made bigger efforts to find another travel advisor that was successful, that had been in the business for 10 years plus, and not necessarily attach my wagon to that horse necessarily, but really really just had a Zoom call, had a FaceTime call and just said, hey, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. This is me. You know, are you okay with if I'm looking for someone that wants to go to Langkawi and I know nothing about Langkawi, can I just drop you a quick text and you let me know who you work with there and who you trust? And I actually didn't find that person for me until year three and a half. And she's been in the business for 45 Mm -hmm. years. She's in Manhattan. She's amazing. And she was actually willing to do that for me. And I just was like, why did it take me this long to do that? And that might just be as simple as asking, right? Right. Right. Absolutely. When you're meeting people at different industry events and just say, are, are, are you comfortable with this? Or um, talking with your host agency as well and seeing, is there is there a good person to connect to or to kind of ask for advice? But I think it's really important, like you said, one specific person is really helpful as opposed to a larger group of people because you know her business and she knows your business. So the advice can be very specific to you and not just, well, this is who I work with in this destination, but that might not be right for everyone. Yeah. She's giving you very specific advice for you and for your yeah. business. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm going to turn it around because I am curious. What about you? So 
I have to disagree with you. I think that I would do things a little bit differently if I went back to year one. And I know that honing in on a niche or on a particular destination when you're getting started is a really hot topic. And that would be, that's going to be a whole nother podcast (laughs) discussion. And I think looking back and realizing that my most successful itinerary designs were truly to destinations that I had been to and that I knew, I don't know if I would have started my business and said, I only plan trips to this destination. But I think that I would have at least started with Mm -hmm. a niche and then slowly opened up my business. I know that I wouldn't be fulfilled if I was focusing on one specific destination for all of eternity, Mm -hmm. but I don't see the harm in starting with a particular Mm -hmm. region. So for example, I lived in Asia for six years and I have visited almost all countries in Asia. I should have started really highlighting my experience in Asia and the countries that I have visited and what unique itineraries we can put together in Southeast Asia and in in that region. But I didn't. I, I just kind of said, I can plan anything. I can do anything. And then suddenly I'm planning trips to the Caribbean, which I've never been to. I'm planning trips to these crazy countries. And it's just... I, I, this is like such a hot topic and I go back and forth, but I really think if I went back to year one, I would have just said to myself, don't hide all the things that you know Mm -hmm. about Asia. Talk about Asia, show people the photos from Mm -hmm. your trips, talk about those unique itineraries and all the opportunities that there are. And then if you travel to China, there's not just one 10 day trip that you can go on. I can design 10 different 10 day trips that you can do in China. I think that's, I would consider doing that a little bit differently. Now, two or three years down the road, once I've built my book of business, once I'm feeling more comfortable with the clients that I'm working with, I'm feeling more comfortable with different supplier partners. I'm now asking better questions, you know, to both new supplier partners and to new clients. And then I can slowly start opening up the destinations that I'm planning. Yeah, no, I love that too. I love that too. I mean, it's it's so hard, right? Because if you don't make mistakes, you don't better your business, you don't learn. Yeah, yeah. I think what's really going back to our yourself, I think finding a mentor is really important. I also think just considering if you want, and when I say like highlighting the destinations that I know, I don't mean that if you ask me for Italy, I'm going to say no. I just mean on social media, on my website, in my newsletter, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. talk about Asia and really talk about how much mm-hmm. I knew about it. Cause that might've attracted more business mm-hmm. to Asia. Right. But instead I just never really talked about it. And I don't know why mm-hmm. I did that. But I also, I think another theme that has really carried us through this entire conversation is just always looking for ways to improve. You know, all of these, even our really successful itinerary designs and the more challenging ones, we continue to find incremental minor details of, Oh, I think I can do this a little bit better next time. I think I'm going to add this question to my form. I think next time on the phone, I'm going to ask this question. And just little by little over the last five years, we have slowly improved the the details along the way. And I think that that's how we got to where we are today. It wasn't, we didn't start like this. Agreed. Well, this has been so fun. I'm so thank you for letting me be a part of this conversation because it's really, it also makes you focus on, you know, what's working too. You know, yes, we want to improve, but what's working, let's keep that going. Yes, absolutely. Thank you again for your willingness and for your enthusiasm to be a part of the conversation. Thank you, Whitney. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Masters in Travel. If you want more, head over to mastersintravelpod.com for show notes and links to the resources we discussed in today's episode. If you loved today's interview as much as I did, please take a moment to leave a review, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and be sure to share this podcast with an advisor who is ready to level up their travel business. To continue the conversation, find us on Instagram at Masters in Travel, where we preview upcoming episodes and engage with our listeners to decide what topics to cover next. 
We'll see you next time.